each end, and it had big rugged teeth on it. And it took two people to do it efficiently. And my daddy said, there ain't nothing that's any harder to do than to pull a cross-cut saw when somebody else on the other end is not pulling their end of the load or not pulling their weight. Because what's happening, you're pulling, but if the other person isn't pulling, you're having to push. So you're pushing and pulling. And a lot of times we look at our relationship with God one-sided. We want all that God can do for us. But God wants all that we can do for Him. <coughs> that we're not having to pull it all by ourselves, and He's not having to pull it all by Himself. Now, He's bigger and stronger than we are. If there's anybody that you want on your team to be pulling with you, Amen. it is God Amen. pulling with you. But in covenant relationship, we give his best when we give our best. We want his all, but we don't want to give him our all. And he says, it doesn't work like this. Because the measure that you measure it out is the measure that it will be measured back to you. Mm -hmm. And God knows the difference. <coughs> he knows when you're renewing. And He knows when you're holding back. And He knows when you're not giving it to Him. And the supply that we need from Him many times is hampered, squeezed down, choked down, not because God doesn't want to do. It's because we tie God's hands that he can't do. Now, what you mean, David, that he can't do? He told me one day, I've shared this story before, but it bears repeating. I was on my way taking Brandon to school going through a hard place in my life. And I had all kind of thoughts that weren't godly at all. And I knew that these thoughts weren't supposed to be in a child of God because I knew I was a child of God. But these thoughts that were there weren't healthy thoughts. And the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said, you need to be honest about your thoughts. See, a lot of times in church and out of church, people live a lie. Never really honest with yourself. Never really honest with God. God knows the difference. But he told me if I wanted the victory over those thoughts that were there, that didn't have no business being there, I was going to have to be honest with myself about it. So if he tells you the remedy for something, and then you don't do it, whose fault is it? 
I did something about it. I submitted myself to God. Because I wanted victory in my life. And if God presents the remedy to you, and we don't take it, that's not God's fault. And we can blame God all that we want. But that ain't nobody's fault but my fault. So in covenant with Him, if we want Him to give us His all, is it too much for Him to ask for our all? See the law of the measure. See, right now, we're experiencing as much as we want. We're getting as much as we want. But I tell you, God's got a lot more to offer than what we're getting. Amen. Yes, amen. Now, am I willing to increase my measure? Am I willing to broaden out a little bit further so that he can have some more territory? So that he can gain some more ground? Why won't he just come take it? Let me tell you why. Because God is a gentleman. And he won't force himself on you. But if we'll open up to him and welcome him, that's such a beautiful phrase that's in that song. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. Day and night. Night and day, let incense arise. What's coming out of me? Is it incense or is it a stench? Let incense arise. Prayer and praise. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. And what we're after doing, brothers and sisters, is developing a lifestyle. And as we develop this lifestyle, taking it one step at a time, you will find yourself raising up to a higher place. Yes. And you'll see yourself doing things that you didn't do at one point in time in your life. And then things will just start rolling off of your tongue. And you, when you, before you know it, your hands will start floating up in the air because we're giving place to it. Because worship. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, because it's some, worship is something that you don't work up. You may have to work up a praise. But you will never work up a worship because it just flows out of you. Yes. I want my flow to be what glorifies him. Yes. Amen. Turning your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. The book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. Starting in the 17th verse. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father 
which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people, and I ask it, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Now, this scripture was based on something that Jesus had just asked his disciples. His question was, who do men say that I am? And they give him different reasons or different answers. But Peter answers that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says something that is phenomenal in answer to Peter's response. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This didn't come by natural means. He said, but my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. There is something about revelation knowledge that when you get it, it does something inside of you that nothing else can do. <clears throat> it's like a light comes on inside of you. And I've used this illustration several times, and I'm going to use it again this morning. We were right back here on Wednesday night, and I was standing probably right along in here because in, on Wednesday night, I gather up everybody in a group. I don't let everybody be scattered out. I want to look everybody in the eye. I want to talk to people, so we, we hem it up. We keep, we keep it close. We've got a family meeting. So, I have made this statement many times. 
I don't know how many years I made this statement. Becky knows where it's going. <laughs> I mean years I made this statement. I said, the word of God is the will of God. And the will of God is the word of God. And Becky, bless her heart, was somewhere either right about here or here. And she says, the word of God is the will of God. And I couldn't be callous enough to say, well, well you finally got it. <laughs> but that's not the way revelation knowledge works. When, when you get revelation knowledge, it sparks something, and I have been, I have been waiting for that spark. But Becky will not know, be the only one that said, the Word of God is the will of God. Because when you see something that's revelation, it will put a spark in, inside of you. It won't be just information. You know what? As long as it's information, you ain't never excited about it. But when it becomes revelation, you can't contain yourself. Now, we, motive, we all know that Becky has the ability to be a little bit outspoken. But, but I just don't do that because that's my nature. I tell you what, you get the revelation of something, you see what your nature does with it. Amen. I guarantee you, you won't sit on it. It'll make you move. You might not shout it out, but you'll see something change on your face. It will do something that nothing else can do. And Jesus heard this answer and he saw it on his face. He says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you, but my father, my father, brothers and sisters, don't shortchange what God shows you. Put some stock in it. Start thanking him for things that he's showing you. Because when we start thanking him for things that he shows us, He'll show us more. Because the law of the measure works in all of the different areas. If there's no appreciation for the things that he shows you, he will be slower about showing you things. Not because he doesn't want you to get it, but because there's no appreciation for it. Let incense arise. Let incense arise. Let incense arise. So you can't guilt yourself into incense. Well, if I don't do it, David might embarrass me. Wrong reason. I do it because it's the right thing to do. Yes, amen. Because he's worthy of it all. Yes, hallelujah. And then he goes on to say something else. That is very profound. Let's look at it. <coughs> and he said, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the truth 
of what he's saying there is that rock is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. That's right. That rock is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And for somebody to get that revelation, the Father has to reveal it to them. Yes, The Father has to reveal it to them. Because he said it with Peter, and we're no different. He said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. See, there's a lot of people that are in church that have never had a revelation of Jesus Christ. But the revelation that Peter got, that his father showed him, that Jesus' father showed him was the revelation of Jesus Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ. A lot of times, you know, when we take and we hear the name Jesus Christ put together, a lot of times we miss out on really what he's saying. We think sometimes it's almost like this, that Jesus is his first name and Christ is his last name. But it's not. That's why it says Jesus the Christ. Thou art Jesus the Christ. Amen. Jesus was his name. Christ was his title. Christ meant the anointed one. Yes, amen. He is, he was, he will always be the anointed one. Flesh and blood had revealed this to Peter. No, excuse me. Flesh and blood had not revealed this to Peter, but God the Father had revealed this to Peter, Amen. and the measure that he measured out, it was measured back to him. Now, here's something that I want to tell us about this revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He says, the church... And the church is the body of Christ or the body of Jesus Christ or the body of the anointed one. We need a revelation of this. Mm -hmm. This is something if in your prayer time you, that you can say, Lord, give me a revelation of the church. Help me to see who I am in you mm -hmm. and who you are in me. Because flesh and blood can't show it to you. But my Father which is in heaven can show it up to you. Amen. But he says something here about the church, the body of Christ, the body of the anointed one. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. Now, if you are the body of Christ, if the church is the body of Christ, and then God says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church or the body of Christ, and I am part of the church, then the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Brothers and sisters, that's a revelation that's a lot bigger than we are. Yes, amen. But it's still a truth. It's a truth that is in the Word of God that the church needs the revelation of so that they can walk in it. Amen. How are we going to get that revelation? We're going to meditate on that Word. We're going to speak that Word. We're going to rehearse that Word. We're going to think that Word. We're going to say that Word. Amen. 
until that word becomes real. Because Jesus spoke to his disciples until they got a revelation of who he was. Once they got a revelation of who he was, things started changing in their lives. Things change in our life, brothers and sisters, when we get a revelation of who Jesus Christ truly is. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now here's another picture that I want to inject in here. If the devil walked into this church and Jesus was standing right up here, do you think that Jesus would start trembling and shaking in his shoes because the devil had walked in? What do you think he would do? I believe that he would open his mouth and he would say, Get thee out of this place. Amen. I believe he would say something similar to that. Amen. Now here's a revelation. You are the body of Christ. Amen. The body is connected to the head. As the head gives direction to the body, the body comes in lines and fulfills what the head says. Here's a picture of it. Jesus said, I only say the things that I hear my father say, and I only do the things that I see my father do. So Jesus was totally dependent on what the father said for him to act on. And we as the church are totally dependent on what Jesus says for the body to act on. The body calls, the, I mean the, the head calls the shots and the body follows in obedience. Amen. He's got to have a mouth so he has people with a mouth here on this earth. People that's in the church. He's got to have hands so that he's got people here on this earth that have hands. He's got to have feet. So he's got people here on the earth in the church that have feet to fulfill the call and the purpose of God. This is one of the things that ties right in with what I was telling from the first of the year. That we have a supply that God's got to have people that will cooperate with him in order to do this. Jesus had to have this in his disciples for that work to be accomplished. Because there was something that was taking place and it was the law of multiplication. And as Jesus, what he was doing, he was imparting himself. And as he was imparting himself, he was imparting his father. And as he was imparting him, his father and himself into people so that people could duplicate. Because he said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these because I go to my Father. The revelation of the church. And it says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now a lot of times what we talk in church is how much trouble that we have with the devil. 
and everything that we're going on and everything that we're faced with and what we end up doing is we're magnifying the devil rather than glorifying God. And he, saw, he said here, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And he gives a picture. And I'm going to hook into this verse right now, but there's going to be more that's going to be shared on it tonight. You won't, you won't want to miss the next episode. <laughs> He said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the church. I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose, or whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loose in heaven. Now this happened to me a long time ago. I was riding in my little truck, just minding my own business. And these words came up in my spirit, and I spoke them out. He said, a locked door is no, is no obstacle to someone who has the keys. It was Greek to me. But I'm finding out more about it. You know, a lot of times the Lord will give you a word. And he'll speak a word into your life. And sometimes you won't see it come to pass. Until years later. And one of the things that has to be is there's got to be a cooperation with us in order for the word that he spoke to come to pass. Amen. There's a lot of people that's blown away because words that they've heard haven't, haven't ever come to pass. But it does take a cooperation. Because God can see great things and great potential for your life. But if we ain't following after and all in with him, because the law of the measure works. Brother Hagin said that the Lord spoke to him. He was talking about his ministry. And he said, ministers have a calling of God on their life. And he said, most of, them never, most of them never get in the place. Just because they may be standing in a pulpit in the church don't necessarily mean that they're fulfilling the place that God called them to do. God wants us to be plugged in. And he said, the Lord spoke to him, he said, you're not in the, you're not in the ministry that I called you to do. Well, he was pastoring the church, been pastoring the church for 12 or 13 years. He said, it felt like something hit him in the gut. He said, Lord, that was a low blow. Because a lot of times we pattern ourselves after what flesh and blood says for us to do, what we're supposed to do, and that's all that we know to do. But he was called to the prophet's ministry, not to the pastoral ministry. See? When we, when we find out about the call of God that's on our lives and the places and things that he's got for us to do and the purposes that he has for us, then the scripture starts making more sense when, when, when we interpret scripture with scripture, not interpreting scripture with our little ideas. 
because it says in the book of Ephesians that he placed in the church the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher. No, the prophet, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the fivefold ministry. Now, if he said he's placed it in the church, and then the church says that there is no apostles today that we live in, then something's out of place in the Bible. I don't believe that the Bible is out of place. I believe, I believe people and their teaching is out of place. I believe the Bible is always real, and I believe that the Bible is always truth. So I need to bring my thinking in line just as Jesus was saying this to Peter. He said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this, but my father's revealed it. This is where this revelation comes. Now he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You say, well, it's prevailing against me. You just don't know. You don't know the trouble I'm in. <laughs> you don't know my sorrow. And Jesus is saying to us, look to me because I want to lead you out of that place. Amen. Increase the measure. Yes. So that I can measure something back to you. Let me reveal some things that you haven't seen so far. Because this revelation of Jesus Christ will revolutionize our lives. Will revolutionize our lives. And he said, in Mark 16, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Now, most of the time when we read a scripture like this, we have the idea, well, I'm just going to go around and it's going to be my job to cast the devil out of people. But one of the first things that it's saying to us as believers is, you will learn how to take authority in your own life and take care of the devil in your own life. And quit giving him room to work. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And if you'll do something about it, I can do something about it. But if you don't do something about it, I can't do anything about it. Because you tie my hands to be able to do it. Amen. This is where cooperation comes. Between the body and the head. Amen. Jesus is the head. We're the body. And the body's not going to do, the, I mean, the head's not going to do all of the work because the head gives the body the direction. And he says, another word for binding and loosen is this. Whatsoever things you allow will be allowed. And whatsoever things that you refuse to allow be allowed, will not be allowed. Amen. Did you, have, have you seen houses and households that was just totally chaotic 
and in other houses where things seem to be in order. And you say, well, why is that, that this one is, there's order here and there's chaos here? You want me to tell you one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why? Because the one that's got the order in, they won't allow certain things to be done there. And if you allow it to be done, it'll be, it'll be just as chaotic as something, as somewhere else that is chaotic. So, a lot of times we blame it off on God, and we never take any place of binding and loosening. Or, we allow things to be done that should never be allowed in my house. Amen. Because if I want my house to be a house of peace, then I've got to be in the flow of the things that bring peace. <clears throat> and when I allow those other things that cause chaos, and uh, Nobody else can't do this for your house. And let me say this. This is my house. Mm -hmm. This is your house. This is your house. And this is your house. Now, we are the church. We're not just in church. We are the church. Amen. And he gives this valuable piece of information because it's when he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Keys represent Authority. Yes. Well, I can't do nothing about it. Yeah. Let me give us a news flash. This is the little caption that's over top of our heads. And the caption is, if you don't do anything about it, nothing will be done. Mm -hmm. Because this is my house. And if David allows it to be done right here, it ain't Brenda's fault. And it ain't Stacy's fault. It's David's fault because God gave him a key. Yeah. So you can use that key to lock and to unlock, to bind and to loose, to set free or stay bound. Now, there's something that I have found out that I like. And that's freedom. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I do not like the devil riding my back. No. You like the devil riding your back? No. Well, if you don't like the devil riding your back, then you had to do something about it. No. Well, I don't know about it. That's why we're learning right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's why we need to be skillful. We need to raise our level up of how to be a success and how to have the kingdom of heaven operating in our life. Mm -hmm. So I'm sharing some of this truth with us because the Lord wants us to catch this truth. And he doesn't want us just to catch it in concept. He wants to master it. He wants us to master it so that we can be proficient in it. That we recognize quickly when it happens, then we take authority quickly. See, when I was growing up, 
we played cards at the time, and uh, my mom and daddy was at the, time, at the table, and I was pretty good at playing running. And uh, I had a good hand. And I said, old man, and about the time those words came out, old man, my mama said, you don't talk to your daddy like that. I was just joking. But she, she nailed my hide to that table. Anybody catch what I'm saying? Are you catching what I'm putting down? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? She said, you don't talk to your daddy like that. What was she doing? She was reinforcing respect and authority in that house. Now, you can put up with it if you want to in your house. And that's your own business. But she wasn't going to put up with it in her house. And she didn't put up with her in, my, in her house. So David had one of, one of two choices. He could bring it in line and submit it to. <laughs> or Ronnie give the other signal. But I'm going to tell you what, she didn't play. She didn't play. And a lot of times, there's a lot of the hell that we live with in life because we never take any authority in our life. We never bind, we never lose. Okay, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Such a bunch of bulls. You let Kesara you all you want to. And the devil will eat your lunch. But you stand on the word of God. And you watch what the word of God does for you. As you start exercising your authority. And I start exercising my authority. Because just as if Jesus was standing right here and the devil come in. And Jesus would say to him. Get out of here. We're part of the body. He has given us that same right and privilege. Mm -hmm. The power of attorney to use his name. Devil! In the name of Jesus, get out of here. Amen. Amen. There's an authority that's in you. There's an authority that's in you. And he wants us to take that place. Stand up with him. I'm a legacy in something. I want you to I want you to cooperate with me. Let's use this for a teaching moment. I want you to imagine something that you're having trouble with right now in your life. I guarantee you everybody's got something that they're having some trouble with. And Jesus is saying, I've given you the power to use my name. I've given you the power to take authority. And I want you to start standing against this thing instead of knuckling under it. And allowing it to run you. I want you to be the one who's in charge.
A lot of times you find this with little... I can't do anything with my child. And the child is three years old. And I can't do anything with them. That's a person who doesn't know how to use their authority. Whether they're in my house, your house, or anybody else's house. And a lot of times we've put up with stuff way, way too long that it's become habit to us and we think that it's normal. But God's got the, he's got the picture of normal. So, I want you to use your mouth over your problem or what you're envisioning and say, I take authority, authority over that and you call it whatever it is you call it. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what you're dealing with, but you can do it. And if you don't do it, it won't get done. Because ain't nobody else got authority in your house. You're the one who has authority in your house. So I bind that in the name of Jesus. It would be good to act that out because when you need to pull on this, you don't want to say, well, you know, I wonder what they would, what, what, what was that he saying? What was, the, what was that that he was sharing? Don't let the devil catch you with your pants down. Anybody catch what I'm saying? You've got, a, you've got a privilege that's right here. Use the privilege. You've got an authority. You've got a key. Use the key. I bind that in the name of Jesus. You don't exercise authority just because you speak loud. But you may have to speak loud to use your authority. I can't answer that. But it's more than just loud speaking. Because you've seen mamas and daddies. And they didn't have to utter a word. They just gave you the look. And when they give you that look, what did it mean, Stacey? You better straighten up. So, the devil needs to know that you got to look. Amen. He needs to know that you got a voice. And to use your voice to stop the advancement of the kingdom of darkness and enhance the kingdom of light. Amen. All this simply is is right and wrong. Right and wrong. Right and wrong. So I loose the power of God in my life to be the man and the woman to make my stand, to use my voice, to use my authority that God has given me. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Now, don't let that just be a one-time thing. Learn to do that and you'll become proficient at it by practicing. And if you don't practice it, you'll be proficient at something else. You know what that is? Not practicing. And the devil will keep on eating your lunch because he's always a bully. But it's time to stop the bully. Amen. 
Time to stop the bully. Amen? Now, we're going to put an offering plate right back here at the back. We're going to pray over it right now. If you've got your offering, take it, hold it up to 